0: consulting firm. Our mission at Editor Consulting is to provide services and trainings for adoption agencies. I started Editor Consulting really as a way to catch parents on the front end of adopting, to work with adoption agencies to strategize ways that we can prepare white parents to raise children of a different race so that they can be the safe space for their black and brown children, their Asian children. So we have a large focus on working with adoption agency executives, Um, to really help them understand these issues. We also host numerous trainings um, for parents and for foster parents that are transracially adopting. And and in the last year, we've started really offering a lot for social workers to really hear what we're hearing and to game plan how do we continually prepare uh, families that are transracially adopting. You know, racism is not an overnight issue, and and that's not what our trainings suggest or what our work suggests at all. It's more so that we're suggesting that if you don't start this education process, if you don't start to address privilege, your own privilege, then one day your child's going to be an adult and you're not going to know how to be there for them. We want to make sure that children are going to be safe in the homes when it comes to racial issues. You know, being a person of color in America, you're guaranteed to experience racial injustice in some shape or form. And being adopted into a white family that doesn't address racial issues, it can somehow, it can feel like a hole that you don't even know how to get out of.
1: This is the Sarge, and this is your Penny.com Health Minute. Penny.com is Pennsylvania's new health insurance marketplace. This healthcare marketplace was created to replace healthcare.gov and will potentially allow people who reside in Pennsylvania an opportunity to save money and lower premiums. Penny.com includes commercial insurance plans from the big name insurance company. A no wrong door policy meaning that if you don't have insurance from your job, you can join Penny. Penny.com aims to make it simple for all Pennsylvanians to get healthcare insurance. The COVID-19 enrollment period is open to Pennsylvanians who need health coverage from now so August 15th. And whether you are new to Penny or you are already enrolled in coverage through Penny.com, you can use the COVID-19 enrollment period to ensure you have the coverage you need. No matter your personal situation, Penny.com is here to get you covered during difficult times. This is the this was Mr. Penny.com.
0: Okay.
2: morning, wake up guys, it's TCP in the morning. Wake up Wake up
3: Wake up Wake Up Wake Up Wake Up Wake Up Wake Up Wake Up
2: Wake Up It's TCP in the Morning It's TCP in the Morning It's TCP in the Morning
3: It's T C P in the Morning It's TCP in the Morning
2: It's TCP in the Morning T C P in the Morning it's
3: TCP in the morning. It's TCP in the morning.
2: It's TCP in the morning. It's TCP in the
4: morning. Good morning. Wake up, y'all. It's
2: TCP in the morning with the morning tea.
4: Sing a song here tonight.
2: TCP in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Go on and continue because...
2: date to the prom. It feels weird saying that now that we're like, grown, grum, grum talking about a prom, but some folks haven't gotten uh, dressed up since the last prom that they were invited to. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Listen, if you don't have a date, find yourself a date or just get a singles ticket and um, maybe you could meet somebody there. Uh, but listen, we are running a special, right? You get your uh, prom tickets for $10 off um, just for this week only though. So go on ahead to our website and get your Adele prom tickets this week. Save ten dollars. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Can you guys hear us yet? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, wonderful, wonderful. Alright, so um go on ahead, and let me know that you already got your prom tickets. The call for the prom tickets is TCP all capitals, save $10, get your prom tickets, it's this week only. The promo ends on Saturday, so go ahead, get your tickets uh, before this Saturday, and save $10 on your prom tickets. Yay! Over oh, we said that. All
1: right, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Listen, y'all know who I am. I'm sorry. This, it was a great weekend, like, I hope the weather was better, like it wasn't hot, hot, like you couldn't breathe unbearable hot, like it was some days last week. Like it, it was chill, you know, that rain came, cooled everything off, and uh, like I, I enjoyed myself over the weekend, you know, I'm not about you, you know, um, listen, I, I, I also had almost, I had, I had like a kid-free weekend, so it was cool, you know, like uh, I did a lot of sleep and I felt like an old man. You know, hey, that's what happened when you get the good brother. But anyway, how are you guys doing out there? Hey, who, who's listening? Who's saying good morning? Uh, Elena, good morning, Elena. How are you doing? Listen, Sabrina, good morning. Thank you for letting us know what was going on with the sound. Lisa, good morning. And those, everybody out there, what, what, what up? What up? What up, though? And listen, listen my my co-host over here, uh, DJ. DJ Quiet Storm. He'll be sitting down here shortly. You know he's, he's a, man a man of many hats. He's back
0: there
1: with DJs DJs the DJ's of the Double O. Right, I feel like oh. we didn't even do all our
2: intro. Like we, didn't know. Get we, the we gotta DJ come back. It's because gotta... a certain
1: you know why, lady else because a certain person does it a different way. Like he brings it in with a he brings it in with a little spans. So. Oh, is she
2: talking about my handsome husband? Co-host? I am like I like I ain't gonna call
1: him handsome because I don't look at him like that. But I know if I was, I a beautiful
2: would. person is a beautiful no. Person I would like I'm telling you, yo
1: Keith, if I was, I would.
4: Uh, salutations, Mitches. <laughs> <laughs> see, see,
1: see, see. No judging here.
4: Uh, right, right. No, no, no judgment zone. Want to uh, welcome you all to the show, everyone uh, that that has uh, joined us. You could have been anywhere else on Facebook this morning, but you decided to be here with us today, and for that we say thank you. Welcome. And how are you doing? Uh, We have have a uh, pretty good show for you today. (laughs) Uh, We have a pretty good show for you. Um, um, Open and honest redistricting um, coming from Pennsylvania. Uh, Congress is also allowing um, uh, its eviction notice to um, expire. Um, On top of um, Miami activists, uh, calls out the Florida governor. So folks, um, uh, hopefully um, our guest, will be coming in today as well, so stay tuned for that. We have a jam-packed show for you so far. Uh, But before we do, Lady L, can you tell the folks about prom?
2: Oh, my goodness, absolutely. Listen, guys, prom is taking place on... On September 11th, um, we have a beautiful ball, um, ball venue that has been rented out. We have photographers ready. We also have a Grammy Award um, nominated uh, songwriter and performer uh, who will be coming out to perform. We're also gonna have a live band, not just that, but there's also a party bus. Um, we're also gonna have some live entertainment uh, with uh, some tarot readings during the cocktail hour. So there's just a lot of stuff going on. Like you're, you're, uh, depending on if you get a singles ticket or a couples ticket, I promise you it is well worth the money. You are going to have a night to remember. So actually guys, you can go ahead to our website right now, www.thetcpnetwork.com and purchase your prom tickets And listen, if you use the code TCPFAM, all capitals, one word, you can save $10 on your tickets. Yes, go on ahead, save $10 on your tickets. It is this week only. Wait a minute. This week only. Go on ahead, uh, get your tickets uh, before uh, those tickets run out. Because they are limited, considering that we are still kind of in a pandemic, so we don't have a whole lot of tickets to be uh selling so go on ahead get your tickets this week special only the tcp adult prom i can't wait y'all got your dresses ready let me know down in the comments what colors you're wearing so we can be coordinated together
1: yeah can can i ask something real quick like they they missed our whole intro can we can we give it to them one more time though or no probably not i mean you don't have to run it back we can just do the you don't
4: have to run it back um 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 I'm not gonna lie, I'm past it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to hit the people with the news. Hit with it with it! I dig it, I dig it, but I dig who it. Who are you? Who I, are you? Um um I go by I go by many names. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Big Daddy <laughs> Baby.
4: I am I I am actually Right. I am actually a uh, 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 quiet storms variant. I'm not Ooh, really right. Oh. Right? Yeah. 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 Are yeah, yeah. you
1: more potent than uh than the regular?
4: Yep. 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 Than the regular one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, get ready. Get ready for it. So um <laughs> uh, folks um uh our 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 first story open open honest redistricting uh for for Pennsylvania uh this comes from the Post Gazette uh out of Pittsburgh so. Under under the watchful eye of activists who have waited years for this moment and facing significant pandemic-induced delays in the delivery of key data, the process of legislative redistricting in Pennsylvania this year is in the hands of someone who says he's confident he can keep it open, transparent, and fair. Mark Nordenberg, chancellor uh, at the University of Pittsburgh, And chair of its Institute of Politics says his message to redistricting advocates, groups that have spent the last decade scratching and clawing for reform, but ultimately left with an unfulfilled wish list and mostly self-governed process, is that he has a reputation for being fair and nonpartisan. And that he's joined by four caucus leaders on on his commission who are taking the duty seriously, he said. Uh, There has been absolutely no sign to this point that they do not share the desire to be open and transparent or that they will be unreasonable in the positions that they advance, Mr. Norborg said in an interview this past week. Certainly, there will be disagreement along the way. I think that's guaranteed, but hopefully we'll be able to work through that, and I know we'll be working hard at it. Uh, the process would have been more manageable before COVID-19, but since the pandemic wreaked havoc in the United States, census effort and, de- uh, uh, and delays of the delivery of demographic statistics that are required to draw the state maps um, have been delayed. Um, if, if you map out our process, if we took all the time to which we were entitled, there is no way uh, that candidates could begin circulating petitions. There's no way that even citizens could know which petitions they would sign because they wouldn't know what district is going to be there, what their, their district They're not going to know what they're voting on. Um, so um, rounding out the commission are Senate Majority Leader uh, Kim Ward, um, Senate Minority Leader Jay Costa, House Majority Leader Carrie Benninghoff, and House Minority Leader Joanna McClinton. So, um, two Republican heads, two Democrat heads, and, um, yeah, and this non, non-partisan guy, you know. Um, so, so, here we are. Uh, folks, buckle up. Um, get ready. Um, we, we already uh, fixed, quote-unquote, fixed or redistrict our congressional map. Um, so this is our our state voting map.
1: Things things are about to get equal.
4: Uh, I I highly, <laughs> doubt it. I I I highly doubt it. Like like we saw we saw what happened with the congressional map. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 call it the sacrificial T. If you look at the congressional map in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you got the top of northern Pennsylvania that's all red. And mm-hmm. then you had, yeah, boom, right down the middle with central Pennsylvania. Um, that includes Lancaster County, York County, and, and so forth. So that was the sacrificial tea. Mm-hmm. They, they gave up, meaning um, the congressional Democrats gave up certain stuff in that sacrificial tea so that they can have, you know, essentially both sides of, um, of, that, of that tea, which mm-hmm. really isn't nothing but, yes, Philadelphia, and and Pittsburgh. So it's like you gave up, you gave up what to gain what, because you lost seats because those blue seats became uh, um red seats. That's
5: what I'm thinking. Like, so they gave up Philadelphia, but they were probably going to win anyway as Democrats. To what they were already going to win it. They should have been trying to win the middle of the state as opposed to to try and balance out the district. Philly's, Philly's gonna vote Democratic, Pittsburgh's gonna vote blue. We know that. No mm-hmm. matter like
2: how they draw the districts. Right. But you know I mean? means so they should try to manage it in a different way. Yeah, but yeah. we're talking about the same people who decided not to put Bernie Sanders up, even though all the people said, Hey, we want Bernie Sanders, and they said, No, we're gonna give you Hillary Clinton. These are that same party, these are those same people. Like it for it what what the old heads say, war is politics with bloodshed politics is war without bloodshed and this is what we're seeing here there's a war going on in our political atmosphere that we are not aware of or privy to because we have been shut out of that process outside of of voting which is kind of like the the smallest part of that we've been locked out of so many other parts of this process and we don't know about it
4: and um and well, oh, no.
1: Uh, for so many years, uh, like not just Pennsylvania. Uh, look at North Carolina has like the, probably the worst, the worst districting, districting among the states. Mm-hmm. Like you can clearly see, if you guys want a clear example of how redistricting works, like take a look at North Carolina and look at the way some of their zones are drawn up. Mm-hmm. They're clearly to cut people, clearly to cut the Democratic vote in half, so that way they can
4: stay in control. The Republicans can stay with the majority. I, I mean, you, you, you can even. Look at, uh, um, for, for Pennsylvania, um, Mm -hmm. before the congressional map was changed, York city and Harrisburg city were the same district.
1: Yeah. I know that was dominating. (laughs) I'm sure you can imagine how that was dominating.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But, but that was, but that was one district that should have been at the very least, at the very least two, maybe three. You think about the distance between York and Harrisburg. That was one blue district. That'd be
1: six in some states.
4: Yeah. So, so like we um um so uh, um last time that's how we got um pa pa uh, eleven um uh, the one that um Sarah Hammond ran for the one that Jess King ran for um that's how we got that once once that was um broken up um now now we just got to get rid of uh, Scott Perry because he's 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 dominating that that area but um but. Nevertheless, you know um, what? What I'm hoping, what I'm hoping here is is that it is true equality. Um, and to Jen's point, um, uh, because Jen says, <clears throat> "Morning, friends. Uh, so glad you're talking about redistricting because it matters more than people realize. School district of Lancaster is is cracked such that it has four different house representatives. How do we consolidate power? It's strategic. And to that point." To that point, like, like um, uh, when when people talk about, like, when we talk about um, our our place at Liberty Street, you know, that is considered Lancaster City, but also, like, yeah, that's Manhattan Township School District. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It depending on what side of the street you live on, you're going to McCaskey or you're going to Manhunt Township. Yep. It's still, it's still. Ladies and gentlemen, folks, it's still Lancaster City. Even even when you get out to Kensington Club, Sterling Place, uh, Wendorf Landing, and, and Gable Park. Like,
2: <laughs> and that always you know, confuses what, 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 me. We it, still have to have those conversations. Well, no, because then
1: some of it, when you get past there, though, it changes to Penn Manor. Yeah. To Penn Manor. Well, that
2: gets e- that's, that's, that's-
1: Or It's not easier, but then, because, look, then on another side you have is it McCaskey or is it CV? Is it kind of Stoogle Valley? It's like we have all these different school districts on the outskirts at it's crazy. all because right. and the city. Like Right, and
2: unfortunately street. they... Mm-hmm. Right, right, and um, so if you guys are a part of the Lancaster Race Conscious Families group, um, shouts out to Jen for um, tuning in and being a fan of the morning show. She actually posted kind of like this district map where you can see Lancaster City and its school district map, but then you can also see the congressional map, the representative map, and all these other maps on top of the school district. And it gets ridiculous. And my husband and I, we constantly have a conversation because I'm always thinking, like, you know, I don't I for a while I didn't want to send my kids to McCaskey, so I would be like, all right, but well, where can we live? Where we're like still in the city, but our kids don't go to a city school. Like we would have conversations about like Bosman, that little Bosman township that's right there in the middle across next to Manor Shopping Center. That's a, its own little area. And having discussions on, well, where do those kids go to school? Do they go to McCaskey? Do they go to Penn Manor? Same thing if you go to Bentley Creek that's um, right off of Millersville Pike and those big houses. Where do those kids go to school? Do they go to McCaskey? Do they go to Penn Manor? Do they go somewhere else? Like Central, that, that's that's yeah. ridiculous and and it shouldn't be like that,
5: yeah.
4: yeah what I yes, yes, what I see, um um what I see is 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 much what uh, the the parents did um inside the school district of Lancaster, uh, the parents that lived, you know, in that e r martin type area, they didn't want to send their kids to Wheatland. Anymore, you know, because Wheatland wasn't, in, and this is what they called it back in the day, folks. It wasn't Wheatland anymore, you know. Um, and and they made us think about it. They didn't want to send their kids to uh, Catholic school or anything like that. They wanted the school district to do something about it and do something about it. The school district did. K through eight. Listen,
1: we're gonna keep them here until they get to high school. Right.
4: You guys cool with that? Right. K, Please. K K through eight. So there's a less minorityed. Listen, you want you want to hear?
1: Yeah, they will. They will. Yeah, they will go to Penn Manor. Yeah, and uh, yeah. or Hempfield. Yeah, or they'll go to Hempfield somehow. Yeah, but like the most gerrymandered states, all right, uh, with, the, with the redistricting, talking about this, are uh, PA, Maryland, Ohio, West Virginia, North Carolina, Kentucky, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, and Utah. All right, as of 2021 they are the most gerrymandered states hmm. like and some of these states you expect to be in there like you you're like, you like you, you know
4: like i i would like to see the most gerrymandered states all right and i would like to see what their state legislature looks like like if it's just one party and if that one party is just uh one one gender you know what I mean? And 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 if that one gender of that one party is like a, a specific age, you know, is, and that one race, I, I'm being very specific. Hold on. I'm just really saying, oh, like, is, I wonder if it's filled with a bunch of white dudes. We don't need to guess. <laughs>
1: oh. We don't need to
4: guess. <laughs> right.
1: All right. Texas. Oh, Republican. My they just voted against the critical race theory. Louisiana.
4: They voted against talking bad about the KKK. Like, I am yeah. all the way done with
1: it. K- oh, Arkansas. Like Arkansas. Yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. yeah. North Carolina. Right. Besides Maryland, we see the way they treat people. Yeah. They're yeah. yeah. Look, listen, Ohio and us. We're Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.
2: No, it's different. Once you cross the uh, Mason-Dixon line, that's yo, where yo. freedom reigns. Got dance. freedom.
4: No. Yo, we are we are um, Alabama North.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Um, in talking about redistricting, uh, thank you for commenting, Candace. She says she lives in Hawthorne Ridge and it's considered Lancaster Township, but the kids go to McCaskey. Yes, Candace, right. And my husband and I, we have the same conversation all the time. And I'm just so confused because then what happens is actually the voting, the voting that Hawthorne is considered Lancaster Township, that means that there are certain positions within Lancaster City that you don't get to vote for. It's
5: because early Yep. So they kept that out of us. Is it? Is it
1: it's, no, wouldn't that be Penn Manor? It's Penn Manor School District. Yeah. Yeah, it should be Penn Manor or LS. It's weird.
4: A... I mean I mean but but also but also because we used to live in that neighborhood adjacent um um to to the Sterling place. Why why that was all changed was because of the Sterling place. You know, you got one side that is Lancaster, Lancaster Township slash Penn Manor. So so those those parents they be, because we didn't have that opportunity, like that. That was straight no, do do? school district. Right, right. That was that was straight school district of. Um, right now, it's it's a little different. It's like, hey, well, you know, I'm um, um, even even when we talk about the, um, the, the 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 city and district lines, you know, once upon a time it used to go beyond the Kensington Club, mm-hmm. not anymore, not anymore. Like um when 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 I was uh, running running for office, that cutoff uh, uh, right there for for residents like you had to live the furthest out you could live on Wallbank was um Hamilton. Mm-hmm. If you lived beyond Hamilton, you couldn't run for office. Lancaster Green was uh in Lancaster Lan- City. Yeah, Lancaster Green was kind of nice. uh, but it's a school heavily, district of Lancaster though. Heavily, but, but it's school district of Lancaster. Hey man, right?
1: right.
5: This is why this conversation, this yep. evolution in the room right here is really the reason we need to have this conversation on a higher more serious level. But right. that's
2: what they do to, to then, I mean, it, it really becomes a race thing, right? Because you're trying to keep out the kids of color, the, the global majority. You're trying to keep them out of your district, which is unfortunate. But also, what we're then seeing is a lot of these low-income places, a lot of people in the city are doing what? They're moving to Peckway Valley. They're moving out to um, Manheim Township, CV, LS. They're moving out there. So it's almost like you're gerrymandering. You saved yourself for, you know, a generation. And now because of the gentrification, those people that you were trying to keep out, they're going right to where you didn't want them anyway. You just delayed it. Right. Right.
1: Like it's, it's
5: it's uh the great uh the great migration again, right? Where we all left the hood, where they all left the hood.
4: Now we all leave the hood, they all coming back. Yep. And it's and it's taking it's taking voting power away from the city so mm-hmm. that when there were these strong clusters of of voting power, now what is happening? Well, they're being disbanded mm-hmm. be, because now you got um, a, affordable housing being set up in Mannheim Township, affordable housing being being, being being set up right. So now these clusters of people that once lived in certain neighborhoods, they're not going to the same neighborhood in another county. They're being spread out amongst and being dispersed, thus losing more of, of a voting power, losing more voting say-so.
1: I think, I think that might be for the time being. But I think the further, like, as we continue to, uh, to mm-hmm. get older as a society, get more and more, like, those kids, those youngsters that are now integrating with, with these black and brown people that are moving to their neighborhoods now, now all of a sudden they have a different vote, different voice than what their parents had. You know, so now that's getting spread. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm seeing not it, like, long term. So I'm looking long term yeah. run. Like seeing seeing it that
2: way. Yeah, I I was going to say maybe not because they're actually they're having hard times in a lot of those districts. I'll speak about Peckway specifically because I've heard stories that the teachers are having a hard time teaching right because of racism mm because the teachers are racist. They're having a hard time adjusting to all of these brown children in their classrooms so Mm -hmm. much so that they've been calling outside agencies to come in and help coach the teachers with teaching black and brown students. I, like, listen, it's ridiculous. Yo,
1: know, places like Peckway are behind in the times. Places like that where they don't have black and brown people that live out in those communities be, because of why? Because of terrorism, because of being pushed to live out of certain areas right. back in the day. Like, so we're still dealing, we're still coming face to face with that. All right, so now, like, as schools like Penn Manor, who were considered real racist back in the day, now you look at them now, they're they're integrated. They're yeah, They're they're, they're one of now. the better schools they're, they're that people talk moment. about. So it's like, so it's like it was it was it was bad before, but now we're we're starting to see the change. Like our kids, our generation, our children are going to be the, the children that, that see the real change and start and create even more change. But they're going to see the effects from from us moving out and uh, and inhabiting these so called whites only
4: neighborhoods, these so called only you know what I mean, mm-hmm.
1: rich only neighborhoods.
4: Uh so um uh let's get to the uh, uh comments. Um uh, <clears throat> uh candice says I, I live in Hearthorn Ridge and it's considered Lancaster Township, but kids go to McCaskey. Anthony, what's going on, Anthony? Good morning. He says, God bless. Jen says, I forgot when it when it was uh in the 60s when Lancaster Township was annexed by the city. They have different representation. We have Lancaster Township supervisors, etc., and SDOL does spread over both, which is just weird. Um, Dustin says, getting a geography lessons. Let me get a hell yeah. Hell, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Um, Sabrina says, uh, they're building more homes in Penn Manor School District. Like, um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the why. Why are they building more affordable housing, you know, apartments and units in in the county. The we, like, yeah. I, At the same time, yeah. After we get done with these, like we're displacing y'all, and we're telling y'all where to go.
2: Because politics is war without bloodshed. Listen, after you guys
1: finish the comments, I'm gonna tell you why.
4: Uh, all right, all right. Um, um uh, Jen, Jen says, uh, but also, given the schools are pro- are primarily funded by property taxes, we actually need township homes to help fund our schools there would even uh, be greater disparities if we uh if we rely on the city alone um so uh she continues and says uh, from the SDOL fair funding now group um a message from our friends at Fair Districts PA for fair funding advocates we often use fair funding as an example Ooh. uh we often use fair funding uh we often use fair school funding as an example of connecting the dots between unfair procedural rules, gerrymandering, and dysfunction in Harrisburg. I've been organizing a Zoom presentation on fair school funding NPA, PA uh, for August 9th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, the hosting organizations are in Chester County, but anyone and everyone is invited there is some awesome overlap between advocates for fair school funding PA and for fair districts PA and the trajectories of the path to reform the remarkably similarities. Um, Popular bipartisan bills languishing in committee, a landmark court case, and uh, there is a bunch of other information uh, that, uh, that 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 Jen has given Hi, us um, in the comments section. So um, Hi, Jen. We, we are going to uh, repost that on our Facebook page so you all can have that information. Um, and then Sabrina says, I didn't have issues with Peckway, but the principal at Marticville loves using cops as hall monitors. She calls them all the time twice on my what? son. Why? Say her name. Yeah. Why are
1: we continuing?
4: Why are we using a police force to scare children?
1: Like why, why? Why are we letting that? Why are we continuing to let that be the? Same?
2: Because we know what the true meaning of the police are. Intimidate, right. it, it, that, That's what they do. And especially if you're using them on black and brown children, you are weaponizing the police force, which is what white people have been doing. Which is what the police were originally for—to protect white people's property and the white women's vigilance and all that other mess. Like that. That's what they're doing.
4: But didn't we also do this to ourselves, though? I, I, I mean, now to a certain degree, but but also like like parents growing up. Like how mm-hmm. many parents said, "If you act up, I'ma call the police. I'm call the police yep. on you. Yep. You go
2: to jail? Right. The police gonna come and get you. You acting up? You telling a lie? You right. stole something? Police gonna come and get you. So like, didn't. Didn't we? But I think that that's the, inter- that's the internalized racism. Yes,
4: indeed. Right? So like, we so doing? we were
2: taught. What do we do now?
4: What do we do now? We just say, I'm going to get you.
2: Right. <laughs> I, I thought my kid, I'm going to beat you so the cops don't have to.
4: <laughs> you ain't got to worry about the cops. You got to worry about me. Right. When the cops get here, you're going have to worry about me even more. You know <laughs> the cops are scared of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> call the cops. Right. I call them for you. Here's the phone. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> but uh oh, listen, all I yes. feel like everything has been building up because uh alright, so now we're coming. I guess for some people it's the end of COVID. All right, so <laughs> Chicago, if you look at Chicago, Lollapalooza, Jesus.
4: You see the pictures? Oh man. Yo, we ain't never we ain't never no. buckle up. Like, yo, yeah, like COVID is still here. The Delta
1: variant is real. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, you want to know what the government has has come to say? What's up? If they die, they They die. die. Right. right. That's where the government's at. Like, they will preach. They will say, but they're like, listen, we're not going to go back to lockdowns (laughs) because people are going to act up. People are going to whine and complain. So if you die, you die. All right. So we talking about uh, how gentrification is going to be a thing. Congress has allowed the eviction ban to expire. Mm-hmm. all right so for for those of you who who might be getting evicted like um, you guys are in you guys are in trouble you know maybe you can find some low income housing out in these countries you know so you can get out the city oh
2: did i say that right I'm still right. confused yeah, I, I, about that I like I, I, I tell I, us about the story right,
1: but okay. uh so anger mounts as Biden Congress allow the eviction ban to expire uh it it mounted nationwide the eviction moratorium expired during a surge in the COVID 19 pandemic One Democratic lawmaker even camped outside the Capitol in protest as millions of America faced being forced from their homes. Lawmakers said they were blindsided by President Joe Biden's inaction as the midnight Saturday deadline neared, some furious that he called on Congress to provide a last-minute solution to protect renters. Ocasio-Cortez and other Democrats joined represent Representative Corey Cor Bush, Democrat from Montana, on Saturday evening and overnight Sunday as Bush camped outside the Capitol. I don't plan to leave before some type of change happens, Bush said, though the, has, the House had already left for its August recess. More than 3.6 million Americans are at risk of eviction, some in a matter of days. The moratorium was put in place by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention as part of the COVID-19 crisis WHEN JOBS SHIFTED AND MANY WORKERS LOST INCOME DEMOCRATS PILED ON IN FRUSTRATION Represent, REPRESENTATIVE MAXINE WATERS THE CHAIR OF THE FINANCIAL SERVICE COMMITTEE SAID SATURDAY ON CNN WE THOUGHT that THE WHITE HOUSE WAS IN CHARGE WE ARE ONLY HOURS AWAY FROM A FULLY PREVENTABLE HOUSING CRISIS SAID SENATOR ELIZABETH GRAHAM FROM MASSACHUSETTS during A FLOOR SPEECH in RARE SATURDAY SESSION AS SENATORS LABORED OVER AN INFRASTRUCTURE PACKAGE mm. The eviction ban was intended to prevent further virus spread by people put on the streets and into shelters. Congress approved nearly $47 billion federal housing aid to the states during the pandemic, but it has been slow to make it into the hands of
2: renters and landlords owed payment. As always with I, the government. As always with the government. Um, it just, you dished out this money, you gave it to people who already had issues with Um, projects such as TANF, SNAP, any of those um, net safety programs that have been established for American citizens, a lot of people in our government aren't in support of those things. And now they're turning around trying to do a quick fix net fixer-upper thing, and it's like, well, you never actually learned from any of the previous nets that we already have established so that you could build one that made sense. Right, so now we're all sitting here, you know, trying to figure out, you told us that you gave us millions and billions, that you gave the state all this money, and it's having time making it into the hands of the people. Well now, why would you give it to the state? What made you, if if, if the state is having a hard enough time getting food stamps to people, I don't understand what made you think that giving money to the states, and that's that idea that people aren't smart enough for themselves, that's why we still have the electoral college, you think that they're not smart enough to handle it. So you hire this third party, the state, to who then hires a whole bunch of other people to go out here and get people to sign up for um, for the funds for services. It none, none of it makes sense. And then not to mention a lot of these programs in the state of Pennsylvania are going through the same program for um, Section 8 vouchers. Yes. So the same website that you would apply for Section 8, a lot of different counties are using that same website for you then to go and apply for rental relief for COVID, which is a whole nother issue in itself. It's ridiculous. They, they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. And because they they, to, they took their noses up at these safety net programs, now when we really need a safety net program, they're not ready, they're not prepared because they didn't know. You, you see what I'm saying? If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If they had been studying these programs and learning how to make them better instead of trying to obliterate them over the last two generations, we'd be better off right now, and we're not. And here we are, and everybody, first of all, I'm stuck on how you stop paying your rent when COVID happened, that's the first thing. But the fact that then the state, we had issues with unemployment. We had, like, how did the government still say, it makes sense to give them money? I don't know. I'm gonna get off my soapbox. We can go down on some comments, and see what's going on. But um Sarge, what you got? Oh, let's let's go to the comments, all right? Let's go to
1: the comments. Yeah, um, on the uh, topic yet, but I think that I mean, this thing is
5: this thing was I feel like the fact that we got to the last day without a solution is the biggest part of the problem.
1: How you feel, Sarge? Listen, I know uh, all the money that's been given out, okay? Uh like I and I need to make a correction, the uh, rock. Rock uh how we correct core from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um listen, people people are gonna be homeless. Like uh, we wonder why people couldn't pay. And people weren't making the money. Think about how long it took for employment to kick in for some. All right, and even after that, like after it did kick in, like uh how, how much are you behind already? Like what are you supposed to do now? Like you're behind on all these other bills now, so what are you supposed to do? Like if
5: you borrow you your know. money, money
1: put all your bills are behind.
2: I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. All I'm gonna say is is that Donald Trump managed to to send me some kind of money in the mail. Don't say Donald Trump. Don't say Donald Trump. No, because um, if we talk, there's a a comment here from uh, Auntie Maxine, and she talks about how she thought the White House was in charge of this with the eviction moratorium, and she talks about this. Let me let me get her quote up here. Um because she said something before they, hold on. uh, Okay, Representative Maxine Waters from California, the chair of the Financial Services Committee said, we thought the White House was in charge. And then Cori Bush from Missouri camped outside, yeah, so, that, that's my thing. If the White House is in charge, I want you to do something. And this is always my thing about liberals, and we keep thinking that they're going to do something. I'm waiting for it to happen. Last time we checked back in April, there was over $45 billion that the states needed to get rid of for the evictions and um, utility services. $45 billion that they still hadn't gotten rid of. I hope it doesn't end up in a discretionary spending fund or it ends up in that save-for-a-rainy-day fund like we did with those billions here in PA already. It will.
0: It Listen,
1: will. Like, uh, some places are likely to see a spike in evictions starting today. while other jurisdictions, will see an increase in court filings that will lead to evictions over several months. Now, <laughs> I don't understand why the, why the government hasn't done something like, don't evict people, all right? If you're, if you're a landlord, apply for this money before you evict. Okay, apply for this money, you know, say look this person Okay, yeah, my, my thing is think about how many renters really know how to do it How many renters even know how to use their cell phones like to get on the internet to, like if people aren't but, doing face-to-face Some people won't ever get it done Right because they're not there's nobody to sit right. over top of them and watch them and I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but that's the way that's the way right. it is.
2: Right, and goes. then there is a number of people who just do not have access to the internet. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, you drive th- drive through Pennsylvania, and you will find places, even going closer to like Kutztown no. and Pocono. You be like, y'all don't have internet.
5: That drop is real. You can be with no internet, no connection, can't call nobody. Yeah. You can talk whatever
4: you
3: want. I think to that point, um, one of the other the things that that is known is. Some of the electronic capabilities and capacities, like cell phones, the the applications aren't user friendly to the cell phones, mm-hmm. and they're, they're primarily for either iPads or laptops. So, if you don't have that device, it's going to be difficult for you to navigate to complete that application. I'm right. oh, sorry for jumping. No. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> look, look, our already <laughs>
0: Right,
4: right. On months, so, we didn't right. even have a chance. They're to. like, Mark Sims. <laughs> Um uh for, for for those people that um do not know um are our, our esteemed our esteemed guest um on today is um uh now now former principal former. yeah re- uh, re- uh, retired from, 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 retire from the whole from the cow cow school, school
1: district, district. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so. 20
4: years in like black kids. yes yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, uh, uh, what is now what is now I uh, Hazel Jackson Middle school. Um, uh, so uh, let's let's welcome um, one of one of our pillars of our community. Um, just just a great example of not only a black man, but um, a great example of, of just a human being. Uh, folks, let's give it up for Mr. Mark Sin. Let's welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, 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 welcome him, him to, to the, the show. show. Um, we, we are, are going, going to, to uh, get to these. These um, news stories, and then, um, and, and then, in about um, uh, half an hour, 45 minutes, we'll get into an um, interview portion uh, where we can um, dig into everything, Mr. Sims, and um, what's your uh, next chapter look like?
5: Feel free to Yes.
4: Away. Yes. Yes. Please. Please. He will please join
1: please. us for this conversation.
4: Um, so, Lady L, uh, okay. if if you could take us to <clears throat> our next story.
2: All right. Well, before I go to that next story, because it is a little bit heavy, I do want to remind you guys that tickets are on sale for the adult Prime. You can pick them up. You can pick them up. You can order them on Eventbrite, or you can order them directly from our website and save yourself $10. This special is going on just for this week only. you got to purchase your tickets by this Saturday. So visit our website, www.thetcpnetwork.com, for details. So this next story comes to us from The Root. A 60 year old Philadelphia man has been exonerated after spending 30 years in prison. It's crazy because there's so many of these stories like going on. It, it, you, there's one every, every other week. So Curtis Crossland of Philadelphia spent over 30 years in prison for a murder. He didn't commit. Now, after a review of his case, he's a free man. Once again, CNN reports that the 60-year-old Crossland's conviction was overturned in June with help from the Philadelphia Conviction Integrity Unit. In 1991, he was found guilty of a 1984 murder of a local store owner. The man, Tony, uh, based on testimonies from two witnesses who later recanted their statements. Not only that, but the Conviction Integrity Unit's review of Crossland's case also found that Philadelphia's Police Department and District Attorney's Office had the evidence that proved his innocence on file the whole time. There was also no evidence, physical or otherwise, that connected Crossland to Tony's murder. Uh, and this statement comes from the... Um, the CIU's news release regarding his exoneration. It says, "Um, exhaustive and dedicated investigation of this case, the federal court agreed that evidence regarding the lack of credibility of two prosecution witnesses was not turned over to defense counsel at the time of trial, as is constitutionally required. Nor was evidence disclosed by the Commonwealth that showed the Philadelphia police investigation initially focused on another suspect. Crossland told CNN that his case is another sign that the country's criminal justice system needs reform. Oh man, oh man, Let, it it is, it is, it is. Um, and it's crazy because, and we just talked about this about um police and investigations when questioning minors or when questioning just individuals and how far does it go because you go from oh I pulled you over to well now I'm investigating a crime and it's like how huh? I thought I had a broken tail light or I didn't signal that I was getting into the right lane now you're telling me that you're opening an investigation yeah, description now. right like now it's now
5: that you've seen got the description and now it's in
2: that right and so it's 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 sad and it's something that we are constantly seeing and we're constantly seeing as black men and black women are kidnapped, right? Cause this, that's what it is. Like you're, you're falsely convicting people. You're kidnapping them. They're disappearing and then they come back out with no jobs, no homes and, and um, broken relationships. Right. I or, or negative. Right. Or negative, they, sometimes these men, they come out of jail and they don't They don't even know what a cell phone is, how to work it, like the technology sometimes is new. Like, it's a whole new world when they get out of jail depending on how long they've been in there and their whole lives have been taken and stolen from them. Right, and then where is the consequence for the prosecutor? Where's the consequence for the judge? Where's the, where's the consequence? Like, it's well, just like, oh, my bad
1: how do you how do you wrongly convict somebody and you're not held accountable in a lot of cases all right in a lot of cases you will notice that the people wrongly convicted are people who are who are a little slower you know people are a little slower in the head you know that that they get the wrongly con- they get the admit ready? to something they didn't right. do they no matter no matter when their false confessions their false their false confessions are so far from the truth But yet, these prosecutors, these police officers, these people that want these people that want to close these cases, will go. Let's feed them info. Say, well, if you say this, this, and this, you know, we'll let you get out of here. If you say this, this, and this, yeah, this and that, or and then so people, these these people end up admitting the things they've never done. Right. So, like, one percent of the of the prison population, which amounts to about twenty thousand people, were wrongly convicted right now. That's 20,000 people locked up during time for something they did not do.
5: 20, families 40, exactly.
1: 5, Multiply 5, the 5, number. Yeah, because that 20,000 multiplies because of all the people affected by it. Now, can now I, I think back when you were younger, even now, if you get in trouble for something you didn't do, mm. if you get in trouble for something you didn't do, your reaction, do it like, pr- Principal Sims, like, how many times have you, have you come across students that you can tell if one of them did it or if one of them didn't? You know, have you ever been in that situation where one kid's getting accused of something and you have to make this
3: choice? And I think at the end of the day, what we as do educators, it, if we're doing it the right way, we don't jump to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. We do a thorough and full investigation and you can't wrongfully convict mm-hmm. or charge because sometimes in some of our language, on forms and write-ups charges against the student, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a scary statement, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: that in our system, it rolls over into the system, charges, you know, the school to pipeline, the school to prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. But I would go back to say, what would happen if there weren't the advocacy groups that are out there fighting for the causes of people who were wrongly convicted? Most of the times, those groups, they are people who are working pro bono. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: They're doing the work for free. If, if you don't have those people out there that are willing to take on these cases and undo this injustice, or injustice, I'm sorry, and it's just a shame, you know, those those statistics and the numbers that, that you read, even with the advocacy groups that are out there, how many people are going to stay in jail for the rest of their lives? And then what happens is people come out of jail and they give them $2 million. Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
3: just like what you were just saying, you know, 30 years later, that $2 million, it sounds good, but they lost a major portion of their life. Right. Maybe they made more than the, than the $2 million, right. And, you know, we were wrong here. Take this $2 million and all's good. Right. But I mean, just like you were saying, where's the accountability to those who. Normally, they normally knew they were wrong. Because at no, no
1: point in th- time, like, at no point in time can, can I. All right, so I, I've been in NCO, you know, in the military NCO. So I've had to dish out punishment. Mm-hmm. If somebody's wrong and they need punished, I do I dish out the punishment myself because why? Because I'm like Ned Stark, and if your man passes the sword, he should pass the punishment. You know what I mean? Like, that's, a, you know, that's who I am. You know, i right.
5: like, me, man. <laughs> no, I'm not,
1: I'm not. I'm just saying that's who I am. So like, I really need to know. I really need to know. And like, if I in my heart have. Any, any kind of reasonable doubt, any kind of doubt, I'm not giving this person, I'm not going to, I'm not going to smash this person the way I should, like, you know, the way I would, if I know, you know, why? because I'm going to go, you didn't do it.
4: Because what we're finding out, um, what we're seeing is, is, is that um, with these cases, they would much rather have somebody to convict. Right. than not having anybody at all. They mm-hmm. would make it seem, be performative, and we did our job, we, we put a period on this sentence, and, and that not be the case right. um, in the article. That's the
5: terrible part about it because there are still criminals out there. Like, when you're locking up innocent people, you're leaving criminals on the street, and it makes things look worse. Right. I mean, when you're, we're locking
3: up the bad guys. And that, like, the other thing that I wonder about is the family of um, the victim. Like, are they satisfied with how shaky the circumstances are that led to the conviction?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, as a family member, fortunately, I, I would think none of us, I would hope none of us in the, in the room went through something like that. But that just wouldn't sit well with me to say, I don't know about the circumstances and the evidence and the charges that they're bringing forth and this guilty verdict for this person when, like you just said, Ty, the, the perpetrator could still be out there. So I that does I, how do, how are they convincing these families that you know we're gonna recl- we close this case and that satisfies them. Right.
5: And and that and having the family you know that they got the right man.
3: Right, right.
4: Uh, and, 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 and in the an article, uh, it, it says um a sad a sad truth that there are likely countless other wrongfully convicted people incarcerated um in the penal system. Um, just just for just for Philadelphia um, and and Philadelphia County um, ever since 1989 there has been 2800 people um, that have been exonerated uh, with an average of those people spending a decade of their lives behind bars so I, I mean just like that's a when we're talking about people that have been locked up from 1989 to 2020, because 2021 numbers aren't aren't in yet, from 1989 to 2020, only 2,800 people have been exonerated. You know, it's either that uh, the penal system is doing a great job, and there has been less than 3,000 people, or, or we're not trying. We're they're they're not trying hard hard enough. And if we look at the the examples from the story last week with the two men, same kind of situation. The two black men that 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 are still in jail even after witnesses <laughs> has stepped back um, on on their story. And when the two actual perpetrators came forward and said they did it,
0: yeah. those
4: two <laughs> men are still. In jail, Mr. Simmons. Could you imagine as a
1: pre- Could you imagine back in your day? All right, if if you if you gave somebody Detention. attention, or if, if you, you gave, gave somebody, somebody special access, and, and the then the people if- who did it come and you're like, hey, it was us. We're sorry. Could you imagine if you could? Could Could you ever do that? Like, allow them to serve the punishment and like, you're like, all right, whatever, just get out of here. I think first and
3: foremost, you have to go, go- to the student who was wrongly punished and say. This is unfortunate. I'm sorry. I can't give you this time back where you lost, say it was a suspension. The time that you lost out of school, the only thing that I can do is apologize and own it. And then I have to go to those parents as well. Then on the flip side of it, I have to help the other parents of the kids who did do it understand how their child's act not only impacted them, but it impacted others. So, you know, it kind of goes full circle. Right.
5: Said, okay. be another that sounds like
1: work people want to do. Look, mm-hmm. the six most common causes of wrongful conviction are eyewitness misinterpretation. Mm. All right, that's the leading cause. All right, but then there's incorrect forensic, false confessions, official misconduct, use of informants, and inadequate defense. Like so, majority of the time, it's it's because of other people's wrongdoing. Right. All right. It's it's nothing that you did. But it's everybody else around you. So you can sit there and go, I'm not going to snitch. I know I didn't do it. You know, if if I did it, like, I know I didn't do it. So there's no
2: way anybody can Oh, do no, because it. the law, the law due process is going to prove my innocence. It's mm-hmm. the due process. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. justice system. The crazy thing is, is that for Curtis, um, the gentleman that we're talking about from Philly, the rev- a review of his case found that the information proving his innocence was all filed the whole oh, time. Oh my gosh, that's
1: horrible. How can people? How can you, as a judge, you as a prosecutor, you as a police officer, a public servant, you as anybody who had anything to do with this case, look at yourself in the mirror every day and go, you know what? I am cool. It wasn't well, my fault because, was because because
4: this isn't a this isn't a one off. This is a practice. This is exactly. something that 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 is a part of of the system just as much as um cereal has its milk you know wrongful convictions are are in our our system uh-huh. you know if if we looked at like um like how they hold journalists to a certain de- you know what let me not even say that how they hold cashiers to a certain degree okay uh-huh. your, your cash yo, is short yo, more than ten dollars yo, yo if, if cash is short me. more than three dollars if if if, if if you, if you are short ten, that's coming out of your paycheck. Who does the that? Job? That is accountability. That's accountability for for the judges and for the police officers and for and for the law system. There is a lack of accountability for messing up. Again, if you are twenty dollars short on your um, on your your kill. Um, right for for Turkey Hill. Let's say that you're a Turkey Hill employee and you're um and you're twenty dollars short. You're going to get reprimanded for that. If you're twenty dollars short four times in a row, you're going to lose your job. But if you are a judge that keeps on oh, friend, you, you know, like like you where's your job. where's mm-hmm. the accountability mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of the whole oh man, you messed up on that one, Bill. Oh you. You missed that one, another well, one, right? Well, you know how much you get paid though if you are wrongly
1: convicted. And I mean, for each day that you're you spend in jail, wrongly convicted, you get one hundred and forty dollars. That's crazy. So that amounts to like four dollars and eleven cents an hour. Right. So we're not even at the bare minimum wage. Right. Wow. But one hundred and forty dollars a day is what they'll pay. They'll pay you one hundred forty dollars a day. To go to jail. For a so you jail? mean yeah? So it's your life
3: time is something you never get back. Right. Exactly. And a lot of times this comes back to as you're given those numbers, it comes back to finances. And if you don't have access to finances that are going to be able to afford you appropriate representation, then you get that court-appointed attorney. <sighs> you know, how hard are they really going to fight for you? Not hard at all. And I'm not here to knock or discredit public, public defenders. I know they're trying to work their way through the system. and, and But... We've had this conversation here before. That public defender wants to be
5: the prosecutor. That he wants to be the judge. So they are not even working towards your best interests. They're working to help their friends. They got a good, a uh, good uh,
3: incrimination record. So right. to- and this goes back to what someone mentioned earlier. That public defender, a lot of time, tells you, "Take the deal."
4: Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And then there you
4: have it. Absolutely. Folks, um, you are watching and listening to the TCP network brought to you by Penny.com. Penny.com, Pennsylvania's number one healthcare marketplace. You can head on over to Penny.com right now to see if you qualify for some kind of financial assistance. Penny.com where 9 out of 10 Pennsylvanians qualify for a $0 premium. That is P-E-N-N-I-E. .com, penny.com, Pennsylvania's number one healthcare marketplace. So, uh, moving right along um, to our next story. This story um, comes from ABC12WJRT in Michigan. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. Your laptop died. It's about to. <laughs> so, uh, so if um, somebody else could uh, take this, take this story from uh, from from ABC uh, 12 uh, 12 for me. And and while Sarge gets this ready, um, because I was irresponsible and forgot my charger for my um, uh, laptop, uh, Sarge is going to read this for us. All
1: right. So, all right. Moving right along, guys. Uh, our next story. We're talking about Michigan. How flagged unemployment recipients won't have to repay their money. All right, so they receive like uh, out of Michigan, some some people receive benefits, and you know how normally the government's all quick trying to take it, they'll garnish wages or anything, whatever they have to do to get their bread back. All right, so hundreds of thousands of Michigan residents were flagged for improperly receiving pandemic unemployment assistance won't have to pay back the government. On Friday, the Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity announced the state has granted about 350,000 people unemployment claimants, overpayment waivers. All of them did not respond to requests made by the state in June, asking them to re-qualify for the benefits after the criteria had changed. For those who have responded, we're reviewing their cases to determine if they have an eligible COVID-19 related reason. And if they may continue to receive benefits, said acting UIA director, Lisa Estoland, Olson in a news release. For those who did not respond, we want to assure them that claimants who are no longer eligible won't have to return the money they've received when through no fault of their own, they chose one of four non-eligible reasons. The state said many of the 350,000 people may, lo- may no longer be collecting benefits overall. And of about 690,000 residents that were asked to re-qualify for the PUA, only about 241,000 responded. Friday's decision follows a week of confusions and anxiety that came after Michigan learned the four criteria established for the PUA, which helped part-time, self-employed, and gig workers, no longer qualified as a legitimate reason for payments. Look, I want to say this right. Now. You're gonna sit there and evaluate the people who did turn your stuff in, but everybody else, you're just like, listen, you didn't turn your stuff in. It's cool. Don't worry about it.
5: Yo, I know you're feeling like a real idiot right now being the bottom
1: PUA. No, I yeah, like I know you're feeling like a real idiot right now. If you actually set back your criteria like to try to make yourself like to try to whatever. Like if you sent your stuff back and you stressed about it, then that sucks for you because you know what? They're the people that didn't, they're not gonna be
3: overlooked. They're not gonna be looked at. But as a as a state who has a system set up. What's your system of vetting to say, here's who completed the applications and here who didn't? And for those who didn't, what are what are the ways that you're gonna reach out to them? What are the ways that you're going to Kind of create a platform for them. No, they're just letting them go. Whether it's, it's at a local church, at a right. boys' club, no, come no. in. We'll right. have a station set up. We'll help you do farms, that. Right?
5: Yeah, cool. They got nothing still
3: actually need money. Some of them still will need the money. Yeah,
5: but
1: the thing is, though, they're, they're just saying you guys are good.
5: Yeah, but they still need it though, and they don't have a way to fill it up, I think this is kind of what he's saying. Okay. But there are people that may still need the money, but they're not
3: reaching them because they can't. But what is our system them? to identify those who didn't? Right. And then once we find out who didn't, how can we support them to fill out the application? What's the reason why you didn't? So they get their funding. Right? I mean, look, six hundred ninety
1: thousand people were asked to requalify; only two hundred forty-one thousand. That's it's not funny. even half. Like, yeah, like, get it together, Michigan. All right. We know there's something in the water. We know so that. Yeah, we well, still, still right. haven't fixed that. We still haven't fixed I was, that.
4: I was about to go there. <laughs> I was about to go there. Like, yeah. like this is this is the same. This is the same. Um, the same state that that has the uh, Flint, Michigan issue. You know that this is the same state with its mediocre lawmakers that said, "Hey, let's 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 transition." You know, um, uh, the way that we. Um, deliver this water to uh, Flint, Michigan. Let's also not forget what what Michigan did to the auto industry, or lack thereof. You know, um, Detroit and the issues uh, with with D- Detroit. Like like there there has been many 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 examples of um, the the mediocrity of lawmakers uh, that are coming out of Michigan. And, um, and it's almost, it's almost, I don't know it's, it's, I don't know.
2: Lady Al. Oh, I was going to say, so when I first uh, learned of this story, I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. First of all, the fact that the state thought that they were going to go to American citizens and request money that they overpaid, Now, even if we weren't in a pandemic if, if, if a couple hundred dollars showed up in your bank account, are you going to call the bank and be like, uh, oh, excuse me. There's like $3,000 that just showed up from, it says it came from so-and-so. I don't under, or, is that what you're going to do? Like, I just, I thought it was arrogant of them. I thought they thought we were in a Disney channel to send these people notices requesting that they pay the money back. Like that was originally an idea that they wanted the citizens that they overpaid that they wanted them, the expectation and hope was that they were gonna pay that money back. And they were like, uh, I'm gonna act like this thing never showed up at my house.
5: So the people you gave that needed the money, they're gonna have that money to get it
4: back. And, have- and and that's that's I, I was just about to get to that. Like what 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 makes you think that this money is just it's still it's in, there. in 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 people's Thank bank accounts? <laughs> Nobody used it. it like I what? like what 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 would but, uh,
2: again, because we're in the Disney Channel, and they said, oh, then people saw that money show up, and they said, it's not mine. But that's, Let me sit it over here for a rainy day in case somebody comes for it.
4: But that's the difference between the haves pretty and that the have-nots. Like, if we look at, um, uh, this is in Pennsylvania. We look at um, a, a a freshman state legislator. A freshman state le- legislator makes $89,000 a year. Bang! That's a freshman State legislator—that's zero experience. So, a so, so, each time you get re-elected after those two years, you, you get your bump. You get your bump. So, what we see, we, we, see tenured. I love this word. This is my word today. Tenured, mediocre. Oh. You know, lawmakers make this mistake, and because they've made so much money for X amount of time, just a little bit of out of touch, little bit, it's it's a bit. right? And they're thinking, you know what? If I got a check, and if it was too much, I'd give it
3: back. i give it back.
4: Because they have.
3: But you talked earlier about the, uh, the cashier at uh, Wawa, at uh, Turkey When hit. he's, he's Turkey right. and, and the accountability that's, that they're held to. But this freshman legislator comes in, and every year he gets the bump. But what about the performance? And how is he judged on, or she judged on, their performance. So no matter what, if they get reelected, no matter what their performance was, yeah. they continue to get the bump. But in in real life, how often does that happen? You get evaluation for that bump. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so yeah, who who evaluates the freshman senator, the sophomore senator, now the third term senator? Right. And. To justify why they get the bumps that they get,
5: exactly. Especially when I mean, uh, Jeff Kennedy said in the comments that legislators receive a pension and a lifetime health coverage after just ten years. So if you if you can get the get, you know, get that in five times, good. Good. And
4: and forever, forever. And for anyway. life. And working working at the Capitol, health care is a <laughs> dollar. Tell you, I tell, it, it, <laughs> tell you what. Straight up, it's it's a dollar. Tell you what. And that ten years for a pension,
3: comparatively speaking, you, I needed twenty five. Right. At <laughs> right. minimum. Listen right now. Uh, listen right now. If you are
1: under the age of forty and you can run, right now is the time to run because you can be retired making over 100 000, <laughs> making over over six figures listen. by the time you're fifty. That, that might by the be time you're fifty, for my handsome husband
2: co-host. Listen, uh, listen,
4: look. Look, let's let's get, get to the comments, Gary. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> no. Gary Brown said, uh, uh, good morning, Gary. Um, Gary said uh, their their evaluation is based on the money they raised for the party. It's all about the money. Hey, hey, man, you know, that's why, uh, huh, Sterla. Next story. <laughs> look, look, I just want to say, though, uh, three point 3,
1: 3.35 million Michigan residents applied for unemployment pay since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. Mm. All right, so uh, they had a problem with their water. Why don't we think they're gonna have a problem with their unemployment? Unemployment. I mean, like they right. still haven't fixed that
4: yet. So they, they, can fix their they still haven't fixed the auto industry yet.
1: <laughs> Next door. All right, all right, moving right along. All right, everybody, you guys are tuning in to TCP in the morning. In the Please like, follow the page, yo. send some stars. Yes, we are about that life. Yes. All yes. right, so news
4: with the shimmy,
1: so uh, with that new child tax credit, families have been paying off rent food, and debts with it. Mm. All right. Wow. What about you guys? You know, we got the first payments in
4: July. You know, what
1: was it like for you guys? Was it kind of a surprise? I didn't get it. Oh, my kids are growing.
4: Hold on, America. Because I definitely got two kids. America did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, bro. I, I, did,
1: I, you I, guys, did you guys get your EBT card, too, for two kids? Like, one of your kids are in school, so you should at least get it for that.
2: Yeah, yeah we did get those. We got those before, like, right before I'm they sure. kind of got out of school for the year, like a week, like one. that last week. That that was, we did get those cars and yeah. I didn't so, yeah.
4: you get either or. You have to get the cars, well, no, the child no, tax no, credit. No, you both get both. Do no, you have?
2: No, we have not. Money? You didn't
4: get the child tax credit? No. No.
2: They ain't getting nothing from the government yet. Nothing. So I haven't had anything or under business. this new president. Well, listen, they don't want said. my vote, Democrat. Hey, hey, That's the whole thing. We got
4: one stimulus check. The first one, listen, let me tell you that. <laughs> After that, America was like, You know, well, <laughs> let me
2: tell you if you ride riding with Biden, right, <laughs> I'm probably be unriding because he got my vote and I still ain't getting my check. Biden. I'm waiting for income tax, I'm waiting for the child tax, I'm waiting for the COVID stimulus, Biden. What are you doing? You you got a bunch of antiquated workers over there or something that, that can't work the formula. Well,
1: he increased the amounts going to families and expanded it to include those whose income is so little, they don't owe taxes. The benefits began to phase out at incomes of 75000 for individuals, 112500 for heads of households, and 150000 for married couples. Families with incomes up to 200000 for individuals and 400,000 for married couples can still receive the previous $2,000 credit. In the past, eligible families got a credit after filing their taxes, either as a lump sum payment or a credit against taxes owed. But now six months of payment are being advanced monthly. Through the end of the year, a recipient receives the second half when they file their taxes. The credit is 3,600 annually for children under the ages six and 3,000 for children ages six to 17. Eligible families should receive 300 monthly for each child under six and 250 for older child. One of the problems with the big check in a year, if your car broke six months before, that is a long time to wait," said Michael Renick, executive director of uh soup kitchen, which serves many families making less than 26,000 a year. When people have money over a consistent period of time, it's easier to make sure it's going to be the expenses you really need. Sometimes, if you get it all at once. It's hard to budget.
2: <laughs> what?
1: So that doesn't say it. Like, So this extra money that we're getting, all right, the extra money that maybe you guys would be getting soon. <laughs> like I didn't get it yet either. But if you guys were getting, where would it be going? Like a lot of people just put it to more bills. It's not really doing anything. I'm yet. not,
2: mine's is going into a CD. Depends, I mean, if you're giving me real money, if you're going to give you're me I'm $200, I'm going to spend that. But if you give me a few stacks, I'm going to use three, it S5 wisely. That's five 50,
1: fifty extra a month,
2: and I, that'll probably be going it. to groceries because not we gotta buy. card. No, we don't know. You got that student EBT card, and that was it. I'm. I, I don't know. Are they supposed to be putting more money on there or not? Because I mean, it was monthly? She get a monthly? Then, then, child, then my kids must be getting like seventy-five dollars a month. For me to feed them. Now you guys are going hungry, you no, <laughs> Explains why y'all are skinny. It's it's crazy. The it.
1: whole family crazy, skinny. No, I thought it was a gene thing. <laughs> y'all just hungry. Y'all just hungry. I get it. Uh, <laughs> for just one dollar uh, a day, you can help feed the, the little family.
4: family.
2: <laughs> In the eyes of right. <laughs>
4: Oh, man.
0: But, yeah, but no, yeah. I got,
2: I, and it's crazy because I know a lot of families in Philadelphia are still waiting for those P-E-B-T cards, but they got a stimulus, but they got stimulus money, but they didn't get the, the P-E-B-T cards. So our, our government, I mean, it's, it's so strange, like, in there are two counties over from us, so even across the state, it's not the same story. It's not the same supports. The resources aren't equitably being distributed. There are people in Philadelphia who are just getting their PEBT cards. Those kids go back to school in a week and a half. Yeah. There's nothing. At this point, you would think the
5: government would have a giant database
4: with a huge server to have all the information consolidated under one person. Why? Oh, that's movies.
1: Oh, you think?
4: That's <laughs> movies.
1: Oh, you think?
4: That's movie. Oh, you thought. Like, oh, like yo, we, we have, again, with the word mediocre. <laughs> we have, mediocre. yo, we have a bunch. We and, think we're here. We're here. Yes, no, we're and trying. this, isn't, this isn't a 2020 thing, even a 2010 thing or 2000 thing when we were getting um, mediocre lawmakers. Mediocre lawmakers are as American as American pie. <laughs> like like we, we we have had me- Mediocre lawmakers since the beginning Let's talk about our forefathers Everybody want to talk about our forefathers Our forefathers had no intention For anybody in this room To be in this room But that's one
0: of the downfalls of a democracy mm-hmm.
3: Because You're elected officials It doesn't matter who you are What your intelligence is What your skill set is What your education looks like if you can convince people to vote for you, you can come into office and thus you have that mediocrity. Yeah. I think that we have mediocrity in school board membership, I think we have uh, mediocrity in government, and a lot of places where we are led by elected officials.
4: Yeah.
3: There's a beauty to democracy, and then there's a downside of it, and I think that what we're talking about now is the downside of, the demo- of a democracy where it doesn't matter who you are. If you can convince people to vote for you, you can sit in a seat right. that is supposed to support communities and people. Charisma over-intelligence. Yeah,
0: that's
2: really what it's about. Can you, uh, can you, how, can, how do you talk? How charismatic are you? Are you a charismatic leader? Like, can you galvanize people? Can you get them excited? And that's really all you need. You can do that. You can run for office. You can be president. And the thing is, is that we have a lot of mediocre lawmakers because in their minds, they think that they're great. And imagine if you if you put that greatness in your own child, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like George Bush was president. Donald Trump was president. I mean, goodness. Don't.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. What is the reason you want to be in that seat?
4: Right. Is it to help
3: people? Or is it to serve a ten-year term and get a six-year retirement? And get man, just chill. Like, why are you there? Is it because you want to have the power and the influence that benefits you, your friends and family, versus doing the right thing when you're in that position? So I think that we got to question the motives of people when they go in the office. You know, like I understand people that get in the office and <laughs> just go
1: along party lines, as if they have no say for themselves or for their their constituents where there's they come no more yeah like no I, I don't get that uh, and
2: uh i don't know our, our next story we're, we're coming up on our next story Aaliyah. all right so this story comes from abc news a suburban new york county considers letting police sue protesters aren't we excited about this one my goodness so lawmakers in a suburban new york county are set to vote Monday today on a proposal that would allow police officers to sue protesters and collect financial damages. A move civil rights activists say is payback for demonstrations after the police killing of George Floyd last year in Minneapolis. Newsday reports that the bill being considered by the Nassau County legislature would make uh, police officers and other first responders a protected class under the county's human rights law which currently bars discrimination based on race, religion, gender, and sexual orientation. No other professions are protected under the human rights laws.
3: But these are (laughs) the people who are committing the injustices and the shootings and the killings and they get to get protected. What happened to the Constitution and and the right to free assembly?
0: Right.
3: Our peaceful assembly. I'm sorry. I mean, the first thing I think about is the January. the got from January 6th. They won't be able to sue them kids. Exactly.
5: That's, that's the first thing. Got to first response. Well, so but, but you also got think about it, So
2: laws vary state to state, county to county. And we talked about this last week that not every state even has um, uh, the hate crime. Yeah, the hate crime. And this this could be a not every state has hate crime laws. So I mean, we we see that it varies state to state. And this bill would allow for a uh, Long Island County to sue protesters on behalf of officers and calls for fines of up to $25,000 for anyone who harasses, menaces, or injures an officer. First of all, what is a menace? Uh, come on.
4: I wonder if if this energy is, is going i mean, I know the answer, but— you know, uh, uh, I I wonder if this energy is is still going to be there. You know, um, after after a sporting event, you know, after after you know the Knicks finally win an NBA championship and and people go out and flip cars and knock down street street posts and and street lights and everything. And, pick a different team. That's not going <laughs>
0: Somebody that's on the cusp. That's <laughs> the <laughs> You know, so
4: so so I'm wondering is 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 that same energy you know going to be there for for those types of things? Like if there's an officer that 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 breaks up you know a scuffle because Syracuse won't you know. Can that officer now sue? It's usually hockey, bro. Well, I, I, I mean, you know, right? the, the, the premise is, is, is actually accurate,
5: right? Can that cop now sue because they were rioting in the streets? Right. Is, is it now subjected to the cop's opinion?
4: Right. And, and is this just for protesters or exactly. demonstrators? Right. You know.
3: Because I think that they would try to hide behind misconduct in a celebration, celebration versus someone voicing their opinion and speaking up for. Exactly. Not like
4: can right. the going to kiss all on January. sixth. Correct. <laughs> and only one of them is accepted in the eye of these lawmakers. That's, that's weird. That's, I just keep weird.
3: coming back to look at all the things that, are, that they're putting up against us. So it's voter suppression. Yes. Now we can't peacefully protest. You know, there's all these things that are set up to hold us back and from being a voice. Right. And
2: it's wrong. Right. What's, what's the messaging I mean, in, like, all of, in all of this messaging, right? what is the, what is the
3: actual message they are trying to send to us? Stay I'll, in I'll, place. I'll
2: right. And, and my thing is that I think, think about, about it. somebody talks about professions, like you choose to become a cop. You choose, you you dream that up, you set in your mind, I'm going to do this, this will be great for me. The moment that it impacts your mental health and the moment that you are afraid to go to work, then you need to stop and you need to find another profession. What I don't understand is that there are a number of other professions that are dangerous, the social worker who's showing up to these random strangers' houses, and the only thing that they have Are
5: they not? Protected?
2: Right. And I mean, you're not you're not police
5: carry weapons.
2: Right. Exactly. There's no weapons in social work. You don't learn how to physically depend yourself with uh, safe crisis management techniques. You're not even allowed to think about putting your hands on a client, a a person that you're working with or anybody in their network, right? That's why you're not even trained to do that stuff. But I'm expected to go into this house and even the idea that I might take their baby out of their house or the idea that I'm going to make them do a whole bunch of stuff that they don't want to do so that they can keep their baby in the house. You think that they're not going to lose their stuff? But I shouldn't be protected going into that space. I shouldn't be protected walking into that house. That doesn't make any sense. But the police who are trained, who have the equipment, the technology, the resources. And
3: most of the time, with a partner that has that backup. Right, because a lot of times you're you're you can be going to these houses by yourself. yourself.
2: And you don't know who's in there.
3: we can go in together as police
2: officers and still call for backup all you got is my boss having a copy of my schedule
4: Know where you're going to be
2: that's my safety
4: <clears throat>
2: <clears throat> oh we got uh, some comments yeah,
4: yeah the comments on uh, gary e brown says uh u.s rep val demings is not uh, Katrina, she says, um, we know that according to the U.S. Constitution, it uh, does not apply to black people. Um, Sabrina says, why do they continue to treat cops like they have no choice in their profession? Church say amen. amen. Uh Gary, Gary E. Brown uh, says, uh, they only do that stuff for hockey in New York, in part because they're close to Canada. Uh, in order to celebrate, we need to have black hockey teams. Yo, to that point, we, we, did, a enough story. Money. we did a story, uh, uh, Tennessee State, they're going to be the first um, HBCU with a black hockey team. So, they're about to get all the black Canadians. <laughs> come on down, come on down here and get some soul food and hockey, bro. Like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm telling you. Um, uh, so, um, uh, folks, we are going to put a pin in it right there for our news Coverage. Uh, we do have uh, two other news stories that we're going to get to tomorrow. So for now, we are going to uh, interview our guests uh, um, again. We have uh, one of one of the pillars of our um, uh, of our community here. Um, a, a great example, like I said at the top of the show, um, not just of, of a black man, but a great example of of a human being. Um, we we have w- with us. Um, Principal Sims, so uh, let's uh, let's jump it off with this. Um, Principal Sims, if you could reflect um, on your uh, 25 years um, as as a black educator, um, what would you say? What are some of your reflections? Um, what are some of the things that you uh, um, have have learned? You know, can you um, tell us about the last 25 years in your matriculation?
3: First of all, that was a very uh, Gracious introduction, oh, on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, where I stand along the lines of a pillar, but, uh... I mean, anybody that's been anywhere and done a job for 20 years has got to get a pillar in that, in that discipline, at least, right? Your discipline, your pillar of education, in like This September would be, uh, even though I'm not working this full school year, it would be um, the 28th September. Mm-hmm. Going into uh, working in schools with students and families um, it's been a great experience. There's been, um, some ups and downs, but as I leave the profession, um, there have been way more ups than downs. Um, I think that this profession is not much different than other professions where as a black man, I think that I had to go, had to go above and beyond Mm -hmm. in order to make, Each one of those steps, from a teacher to a dean of students to a small learning community facilitator to an assistant principal, then eventually the principalship. Um, But you have to keep fighting the fight. A lot of the things that we were talking about in the show, um, you just have to keep going, knowing that the odds are against you or the playing field isn't always fair. Mm -hmm. Knowing that when you get in those positions, you can do the right thing and be representative of your community and help kids and families. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the, 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 the biggest thing that I was able to take away from it and also to be in a position of influence to hire people,
0: mm-hmm.
3: mentor people. Um, because I was influenced by great mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, I call them the goat, the late, great Leon Buddy Glover mm-hmm. was yes. someone who brought me on board um, he was someone who I could call the pinch
0: mm.
3: and ask for advice, ask for direction, or here's, um, for lack of better words, my school plan, what do, what do you think about this? Mm. And he would say little things like, well, have you thought about? And I would consider, and you just need those type of people in your life and especially in your profession. So I've always tried to be that same type of person, um, just for people in general,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, to be there for them, to be able to offer opinions, to be able to offer support, guidance, and direction. Um, I may not have always been the person to be able to give them what they needed, but just to kind of be a resource, Mm -hmm. to be able to reach out to other people and say, hey, I know somebody who is looking for this or needs that. So if I couldn't do it, to extend my net and resources um, to be able to to help other people. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean... (laughs) It's, through it all, just to be able to have an influence, and I know it's cliche, like to touch the future. Mm. Um, In a non vain way, there are times when I know I've done a good job where students who tended to get in trouble or be problematic or weren't always successful in school, when I see them at the store or at the gas station, they come up to me, yo, Mr. Sims, what's up, man?" And this was a kid who I had to discipline or to take privileges from,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, school privileges. And deep down inside, I know that I could say, i would never done a kid wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking earlier about that, that, that police officer, that judge mm-hmm. or that lawyer who just did something to close the books. Um, it, it just doesn't rest well with your heart. You just... Mm-hmm. You do the best that you can to meet the needs of people, and you you just want to be fair,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and you want to teach, right? Because what I've also learned is when it, when it comes to discipline, not every circumstance requires a consequence.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Turn it into a teaching moment. Right. Um, there's accountability. Like I don't have to suspend you because you called the teacher a mother flower.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I want to be supportive of teachers in the classroom environment, but at the same time, in the bigger scheme of things, is there something restorative that we can do together with the student and the teacher to just mm-hmm. rebuild, the relationship. To re- rebuild the relationship? Because you know what? I, I, I try to always help adults understand why did he or she say that? Why are they acting that way? What's happening outside of school, and what are they bringing in the school, we have to take those things into consideration, not to excuse those behaviors, but be empathetic and, the person. and understand. You know, let's get to the root of the behavior, the anger, and that's important. Mm-hmm. If you don't do those things, again, we're back to that uh, school to prison pipeline. Right. I don't want to help kids get used to accepting consequences. Mm. Mm. Say that again. When when you do that, that all it does is it it's it You know what? If you're used to getting suspended, you're going to get used to getting arrested. Ooh. Let's get out of that that vicious cycle, that pattern of behavior. And and how can we as teachers, classroom assistants, principals, anybody who is associated with the school system what is it that we can do to help break the vicious cycle, especially in, in urban public education? Right. Um, public education in general, but especially in urban environments. You know, I think someone from Philly might laugh at us when we consider Lancaster an urban environment or York an urban environment. But it's the same on a smaller scale. It's a Lancaster is a microcosm of Philadelphia. If you make if you spread Lancaster out twenty more times, then you have Philly. Right. Yeah.
4: So racism at
2: all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I promise you that the racism here and the internalized racism is a whole lot different. Oh 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 really? Because it, it, here's uh, well, the thing. Here's the, the thing. The internalized racism. Here's That's the right. thing. Here's we the we thing. We don't kill each you other know here. What? I can go to Philly. <laughs> I can go to Philly and there's a number of people in positions of power who who are black people mm-hmm. and then have the authority to hire more black people. You look at these organizations in Lancaster, they're either run by a white person or a white Hispanic. How many of them are Afro-Latino? Or a Latino person who's like a part of the diaspora or open well, you heard or that you. kind of stuff. You gotta stretch it out. We yeah. got our three. <laughs> you know you gotta stretch it out. You know, if we were larger. Well, listen i'm always i'm always encouraging y'all gonna hate me for this but i'm always encouraging philly people to move here i put it in all my philly groups jobs (laughs) opportunities i always i put in all kinds of philly groups i'm like come on y'all come move here because you know where they don't want to go they don't want to go to um drexel Drexel hill or darby they're done with that they're done with sharon hill they don't want to go out to norristown so you know where i'm encouraging them to come to lancaster i can't wait either y'all can't wait. Can't wait to get all these black Philly people up here expecting about five to ten years a transition. That is my goal. Everybody gonna be wearing cuff pants with white socks.
0: Everybody's gonna be a five percenter.
2: Everybody.
3: Peace, God. I got a question
1: for you, Mr. Simpson. Yes, sir. All right, over your course of all your career, How have um how have how has everything changed? Like as far as students-wise. You know, like how have you seen the attitude change even with parenting wise? Um, Have you seen any real big difference that you think uh, if if this would happen then we would see this kind of change? I
3: would say that um, the profession has changed and mm -hmm. kids have changed because the times have changed. Mm -hmm. Um, Technology's different. Uh, Like when I first started my career, if a kid brought a beeper to school, that was a problem. You <laughs> say beeper, right? Beeper. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I think we all are all to <laughs> I got to open
4: those
2: doors. it's <laughs> crazy because <laughs> I'm the youngest person in the room. And
4: I'm you know, My mom was a P.O. I wasn't allowed to have one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, in, I think
3: that the, one of the biggest influencers and impactors believe it or not that negatively has affected what's happening in schools and social media Ty will tell you we've lived it together every day for nine years where um, it's crazy how distracted young people can become with what's happening on all these different platforms and I'm just going to call it drama we can't control what happened last night on Facebook, and then we can't say, well, that happened last night, that's not our problem, because it's coming into school.
1: If you you watch the growth of Facebook, social media, like from a student's point of view, like from an outside, watch the students, like, yeah, keep going.
3: Well, even um, when I was the principal at Reynolds, it was, it um, wasn't Facebook, what was the first one? Uh, MySpace. 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 And that was sort of under control. It just didn't morph to what social media looks like now. And I think because of all of the different platforms, um, and it's not for me to say to parents, why are you allowing your child to have access to this at night when you see how it's negatively impacting not just their school but their life? Um, You're you're allowing your child to be exposed to all this negativity that's out there in that world of social media. So, back to your question, I think that um, that's one of the the biggest changes that I've seen, where technology should have been a supporter and a supplement to learning. Mm. In school, we've tried to make it that, but outside of school, it's become a big distraction and the
2: negativity.
0: It's a pacifier. Um if it's, not, uh, it's, it's, it's fire.
4: that you brought uh, um, uh, that up. I, I wanted to well, I thought you um, were going to talk about the beeper. Oh.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: but it does uh, um but it does have to do with um uh, with with technology. Um um Lady L Lady L and and now we're talking this morning. Um, um talking about um professors and, and and everything like that and and talking how um uh, some some professors Kind of, kind of teach antiquated information. You know, uh, when when I talk about myself in my journalism classes, you know, uh, they didn't teach us anything about social media, mm-hmm. even though social media was like this new budding thing um, in two thousand and three. It was this new and, and, and budding thing, but like there wasn't this uh, uh, gravitation to it, and, and like how to how to properly use it for your everyday life. So my question is, do you see in the future, um, um, more so like elementary schools and and uh, s- secondary schools um, implementing social media um, and the use of social media into their curriculum?
3: That's hard to say, but I think it would be a good thing to do. Um. I mean, you the man. You the man not, man. not avoiding your question or getting off topic, but I mm-hmm. think as I go back to the original question, what hasn't changed is the lack of multiculturalism and diversity in curriculum. Right. We're still teaching black history through Harriet Tubman and Martin Luther King and Malcolm mm-hmm. X. Um, we have to have a much better written, culturally relevant curriculum mm. that's real um, and I think that that's a direction that school districts are trying to move in mm-hmm. sometimes I think it's token yeah. let's just say we're changing the curriculum but change. what what is the real investment right you know what I mean um, so how are we reaching out to the community and bringing other stakeholders in to say what should this curriculum look and sound like because if we're not getting it from who we want to impact—people right. of color, right. people who have been discriminated against—if um, we're not hearing their voice and not letting them have a voice in what the curriculum is going to look like, then it's going to go back to that word token.
4: Mm-hmm. So where does that where does that change um, that change start? Because like we—it we starts at the here? top.
3: You have to have a school board and a superintendent who is willing to really make real change, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and do the research, and bring forth committees. And I used the word vet earlier. And kind of vet the curriculum. Where are the gaps? What are the needs? Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're just, again, just going to randomly just say, okay, we're going to add this class at the high school in history. No. Uh, That's just in passing. Like, what is the conscious effort
0: Mm.
3: To make change,
2: right?
3: And again, it can't be one person. You gotta bring in other
2: stakeholders. All right. and, and unfortunately, I know. I and I, 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 keep I, keep I keep mentioning this. I had a conversation with Dr. Rao. Maybe it was before COVID had started, and I had and it was about the sixteen nineteen project. And I'm like, see, look, we can kind of not solve this, but we can definitely mitigate it with the sixteen nineteen project. It's already been kind of vetted and just kind of ease it ease it in there. And then her thing was, well, she didn't have no black teachers to teach it. And as a black parent, I'm not trying to hear that. As a parent whose kids go to your district, you telling me that you don't have enough black teachers to teach my kids something as a parent that I think that they should know? That's a problem for me. And that to me said that, oh, well, your history is not important. What your kids need are not important but it's not just about my kids, it's every other kid that looks like my kid that has a shared heritage. And it should be up to the educational institution to make sure that that information is equitably distributed and not say, well, I don't have enough teachers who look like said students, but why so then that we can teach white supremacy. That's okay, because we got more than enough white teachers.
3: Right, that, that, but but what, why don't we have more teachers of color? Why not
5: the, the whole college? Just, have the there's
2: job. four colleges yeah. here. So, I
3: just—I'll raise a point to say, the school district of Manchester has always hid behind we don't get teachers of color to apply or people of color to apply.
2: But what are you doing well, again here? Exactly. Where's your, your partnership with you where's your partnership with Chain? Where's your partnership with Morgan State? Where's your partnership with all the black colleges that are, that are, are literally, literally within, within driving distance? My issue is that it becomes an issue that the district then looks at the parents or they raise their hand and say, well, it's not on us to figure it out. And what? me as a parent, I'm coming to you with ideas on solutions that then you as the administrator then can take heed to and move forward instead of me as a parent. Now I gotta do my parenting job and I still gotta do your job and teach my kids the stuff that you're refusing to teach them because you don't have black teachers.
3: Well, if you, never you sit there that. and wait for it to happen, it's not you gotta go get what you want. Mm-hmm. You just said seven minutes ago that you're, you're encouraging your friends to come to Philly because, from Philly to Lancaster because of opportunity and what it won't look like in some other places. We could be doing the same thing, like you said, contacting the 14 schools in the Pennsylvania state school system were originally teacher colleges.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: It used to be Cheney State Teachers College, Millersville State Teachers College. That was the name of Millersville University. Over the years, the changed from Millersville State University to Millersville University that we know what it is now. I don't want to get hung up on that, but what I'm saying is, there's still schools teaching schools. Reach out to each of those 14 schools, and who are the minorities that are in your education programs?
4: Right.
3: Can we meet with them? We're going to come and do a career day and do a 15-state, a 14-state university bus tour over the course of the year.
2: How hard are we really trying? And reach out to those people. So,
3: how hard are we really trying? So then, whose job
2: is that? Is that me as a parent? Should I then be going out here making phone calls on behalf of the district because I want my kids to be educated and I want them to get certain things? And if the school district's telling me that they need this, then I'm going. I'm going to grab my pal, my water bottle. I'm going to truck up and I'm going to do this. I work. think it goes hand in hand. But like, I think as a taxpayer, you have
3: every every right to go to yep. the school board meeting where, where there are open comments. Make the statement and ask the questions to push the envelope to say, how is it? How can you, as a school board, make impact and change? Exactly. During, here we go again.
2: They are, I'm going back to the with They, they yeah. are
3: elected officials who are here to meet the needs of the community. Exactly. And we feel as though this is a need that isn't being met. I'm not gonna say do your job, but. Do your
4: job. <laughs> this is what we this is what we need yeah. and, I and i feel like if there, there was more, more of of a clamor um from from us from the public um for hi- hiring more more um black teachers um then i i really think that there would be some kind of response but there's there's not a clamor but if you take this deeper there needs to be more of a
3: collaboration, collaboration. with the city and the school district. Because there is a lack of culture. I you know, I have a, a buddy of mine from Cheney, that's I graduated from Cheney. It's funny you brought that up. Um, and he calls Lancaster Mayberry. It's an ongoing joke. I take it <laughs> on the chin. He's from North Gully. It is what it is. He's my boy. Um, but in his eyes, this is the country. How do you live there? There's nothing to do. And that's going to to be the mindset of people that we're trying to recruit. So we got to be able to say to the Fulton Theater, put on some black plays. Yeah, yeah. And I can go down the list of ways that we could diversify and make Lancaster more culturally rich, to make it attractive. So someone doesn't say, you know, I know people who did go to Millersville from Philly, for example. Mm -hmm started working in the school district of Lancaster and would go home every weekend because there wasn't anything to do. And then they got in that pattern of behavior of going home and just said, you know what? This place isn't for me. So it's deeper than just attracting them. How do we get them to stay? I had a grand idea years ago that kind of fell on deaf ears. Let, Let me run this project. Let me help recruit, but let me help retain. I would go to, I'll name something off the top of my head. Let's have a partnership with Kensington Place. If you are a new School District of Lancaster employee, you get $100 off your rent. And let's go down the line. Uh, Faulkner Faulkner Oldsmobile, you'll get 10% off of your car. And just kind of put together this package to say, hey, young lady with a degree in English from Millersville University, from Philly, if you come here and work, besides your salary and benefits, Here's this portfolio. You get two free movie tickets to, uh, what's it called, the Matter Cinema, and just kind of yeah. build all these relationships within the community. I just think it takes little things like that. Right. Worst case scenario, you're going to look at that package and go, this, the, the, the community's nice, the benefits are nice, the salary's decent. And then I got this little portfolio of
4: all this cool stuff I can do. I'm stop talking because you're chomping at Let <laughs> <laughs> now, let's get the... Let to Let's get to the comments. All right. Uh, so um, Gary E. Brown says, uh, Principal S should run for mayor. Uh, uh, Taekwon says, um, the, p- p- the familiarity with discipline is an interesting convo. Jeff says, uh, that is truly interesting and under-examined point of view. Powerful. Um, Gary can I says... Go, can, um,
3: can, Jeff, what... What
4: does he feel as though is... Um, uh, talking about uh, the familiarity with discipline uh, is, is an interesting convo. He, he um, responded to uh, Top uh, saying that that is an interesting and under-examined point of view. And it was okay, okay. Um, uh Gary E. Brown uh, says, uh, yes, in Northern Virginia, Fairfax County, um, uh, Fairfax County will be the first to implement critical race theory. Uh, Jen says, uh, tell me more, uh, what does that look like? We should get coffee soon, Mark. Um, and he says, I love, and she says, I love that stakeholder collaborative approach. And we need to be talking about our recruiting strategies for teachers of color. Um, Gary E. Brown says, just think about it. The school system that is right next to Mount Vernon, uh, Virginia, is going to teach critical race Theories. uh venus says uh, the parents don't know either um, jen says um, that should be written into the equity design plan and says yes uh, city city slash sdol collaboration uh, and gary says preach on principle uh, <laughs> and and jen says that's a major goal for me venus venus says um because education is an institution of the government, it is not meant for learning. And many blindly trust the educational Ooh. system. The system is not meant for learning, it is meant to educate. Ooh. Learning allows for critical thinking and civic engagement. There are teachers who teach this way, but it's against the grain when it should be the way of the curriculum. Um, That's look, a wow statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's heavy. Um, LaRock, hey LaRock, good morning He says, uh, Jen, hit me up I'm already trying uh, trying to bring them in as a partner on my project Land use policy is big when it comes to this issue Talking about uh, SDOL and a city collaboration uh, Jen says, I love this Building incentives into the benefits package from the community And Jeff, good morning Jeff Jeff says, uh, what the principal is talking about is building a community A True community. Uh, Jen says that she is writing all this down, <laughs> um, and um, and Larock um, responds to Venus and says, "Uh, facts, Venus. It is a tool for indoctrination and brainwashing." So we had a bunch, a bunch, bunch of uh, uh um, comments. Love the wow. engagement. Yes, keep it. Um, keep it, keep it coming, folks. Um, so, so, um, brother we, Brown. So, yes. uh, Mr. Brown mentioned
3: uh, critical race theory. That is a whole other conversation that you could probably have a whole show on. Yeah. <laughs> because that gets deep. And the misunderstanding of the purpose for the teaching. Um, I don't, I don't want to open up a can of worms, <laughs> but there's this belief system that as a white person, I shouldn't have to be exposed or teach or make kids learn this. Because there's this guilt factor. I didn't have anything to do with what but it's bigger than that. And I you're I made it. You talking about point of knowledge. I I was I was a part of this conversation with you last year or two years ago. So critical race theory is a very hot-button topic that's not gonna go away, and it's gonna be interesting the direction that it takes across America, across food districts, and who does adopt even anything that's close to that line of teaching.
4: But can't, can't, can't that same argument be made on the flip side then? be Like, hey, I was never a slave, so why am I learning oh, about right. slavery? Exactly. You, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, like, like why, why as a black person, you know, I don't want to hear about my ancestors being beat, brutalized, thrown off of ships and everything like that. Like, I want to hear the good stuff. Tell me the good stuff. I want to hear the good stuff. So it, can't that same conversation be flipped around? They, they want to that conversation on its
5: head, though. You know what I mean? They're okay with the way it's been going. They're not going to change
2: that. Right, and I it's okay to keep telling black people that they were slaves right. instead of saying like, no, they but were kidnapped the and like enslaved.
4: Like, how many, how many kids in 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 America think that their Black history started with slavery?
3: I just, I have to go back to. The, the diversity and the changes in curriculum that are needed. You can, do every, you can have the perfect curriculum, but if you haven't trained teachers to understand what they're teaching and why they're teaching it, because some people aren't going to be ready for that, and if you're not ready for it, then maybe you're not in the right place. So there has to be professional development. You can't just create this curriculum and then say, "Here, teach it." Right. There has to be some learning that that's that's done by the by teachers. I'm reading a book right now. It's probably not that's going to be anything that's going to surprise you or blow you out of the water or something that you haven't heard. Of. But um, H U or H uh, O, Emmanuel H uh, O, uncomfortable conversations with a black man, deep <laughs> book. Um, I would recommend anybody to read that book. The book is so deep, so good that I'm getting towards the end of it, and it's almost like a good piece of cake. I'm slowing down on the, I, I, I
0: don't want to finish it. I don't want it to end. So
3: I stopped reading it for about a week. Um, I'll probably finish it this week. Um, but a great book that dives into history and perspective and the understanding that white America should have about the black experience. And. I'm going to say why we are the way that we are. Mm, just a great book. Peace.
5: Man. Um we, we, we need more time. Uh, I, 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 am,
4: I am. I'm upset. I got to end this. We didn't get to end this. <laughs> I'm it's upset. Like, just, um
3: I thought man. I was going to get some hot button hot seat in the hot seat, seat questions. He <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah, get to it. He didn't get, get that part. part. Uh, I didn't get to it. He didn't get to
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, so um, yeah, yeah, folks, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, we are coming up on that 10 o'clock hour.
3: uncomfortable conversations with a black man, Emmanuel H.O., A-C-H-O. Um, um, I'm sorry. Sure.
4: Sure. Uh, so um uh yeah yeah we um principal Sims we definitely have to have you back um, I yeah 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 well well, <laughs> well well we gotta get we, we, we got we gotta end the show folks um, uh, but um but yeah 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 folks um thanks for listening thank you for watching um, as we as we sign off we want to uh, thank thank our, our our esteemed guests Um... For coming in um, now, now you see why uh, we call you a pillar. <laughs> you know, if, if, you any, if you had any, you had any, you know, uh, a questions, questions. Now, now you see why um, um, a wealth of, of information, um, um, a well that I myself uh, will definitely tap into, um, and and folks, I uh, hope you will as well. Uh, so, Principal Sims, um, before we head on out, any any final words for our audience? I just
3: know that um, we kind of had some alignment schedule uh, conflicts of our schedules. We finally were able to work it out for me to be able to come on today. Um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come. You guys are doing a, a great thing. I've kind of watched you from a distance, um, several segments. Um, and these are the type of platforms that are needed to just raise the issues, to raise consciousness, to make people aware, give people a platform You know, the comments. I I heard people saying, hey, let's get together for coffee, or what's the name of that book? Um, So you guys are doing the good work and fighting a good fight. What's our brother congressman's name? Uh, uh, Good Trouble. Good Trouble. John Lewis, sorry. I said fight. fighting a good fight. John Lewis, you know, you guys are fighting that good fight. So, um, again, I appreciated the opportunity, but keep up the good work. Thank thank
4: God. Lady Allen.
2: Hey guys, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. Thank you for sharing the stream.
0: And if you haven't,
2: you can share right now and your people can just watch it a little bit later. Um, But listen, if you haven't already, make sure you get your tickets for the adult prom. We got photographers, we got Grammy nominated artists performing. We have a live band. We got a live DJ. Please know that a DJ and a band are not the same thing people, (laughs) not the same thing. Um, And not only that, but we will be having a cocktail hour. Um, It's just not to be missed. I'm looking forward to it. Um, So go ahead, order your gowns or your dresses, go to Davis Bridal, I don't care where you shop at. Go ahead, get your clothes, get glammed up, and get ready for the adult prom. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite, or for this week only, you can save $10 and order them directly from us on our website, www.thetcpnetwork.com. Dot com. And don't forget, we are still accepting submissions for the Lancaster International Short Film Festival. And this year, we are focusing on the global majority. If you know what that is, we want your work. So go tell a friend to tell a friend that we are looking for creative works from the global majority to tell our stories. We want to see your vision come to life at this year's Lancaster International Short Film Film Festival. We got films from uh, Barbados. We got films from New York, Chicago. We got we got films from all over Canada, Mexico. So listen, we are still accepting films. So go on ahead, you can submit on Film Freeway. And for the details, go to our website, www.thetcpnetwork.com. Over to the desk.
1: You ready? Oh yeah, so, okay, so okay, now. Nah oh y'all know who it is it is me the thogs the ladies man listen it's been a been a long weekend I missed y'all everybody I missed y'all y'all babies baby dolls daddies big daddies mamas and just everybody out there I want to start it off with this Monday thank God it's Monday turn your dreams into goals action them into reality Whether it is Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, as long as we have you as our viewers and as our friends, it will always be an awesome day. Good morning, y'all. Enjoy your day.
4: Folks, just want to let you know, thanks for joining, thank you for watching us. You can join us again every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Tell a friend to tell a friend that the best thing that you can have is TCP in your cup. We have a bunch of our stuff happening this week. On our Thursday, we have our artist our artist mashup happening at 341 East Liberty Street, and then we have a networking event on Friday. If you are a black business owner, then you should be heading down to 341 East Liberty Street on Friday so that you can network with faces like us and other faces as well. Uh, Lady L would put uh, we'll put that information. In the comments section for you all, so please make sure that you um, come out. Also, uh, we have a major, exciting, big, spectacular block party happening this Saturday, uh, sponsored um, by two of our sponsors, uh, Union Community Healthcare and Penny.com. This will be happening at Roberto Clemente Baseball Field. So, folks, make sure you um, come on down sometime on Saturday. And enjoy the food, fun, and entertainment as well. I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. Um, uh, again, tell a friend to tell a friend. The best thing that you can have is TCP in your cup. And we are going to leave you with this quote here. Um, this comes from um, Brother W.E.B. the Boy. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Hit it. Uh, either America will destroy ignorance, or ignorance will destroy the United States. Let that breathe a little bit, folks. We got our penny health a minute. We'll see you tomorrow, eight a.m.